This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 227. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today, I have a wonderful guest for you that I'm very excited about. Her name is Susan Carney, and she is the well-being manager at Sobeto, and she's a human resources professional with 20 years of HR experience in health insurance and other related fields. Welcome to the podcast, Susan. I'm so happy to have you. Thank you so much, Julie. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm excited. So I think this is going to be a good discussion. I don't know much about your company at all. I, I looked up a few things, but I really want to learn about it and, and how you got in this space of veterinary medicine, because now you're one of us, right? Yes, <laughs> proudly and happily and honored and honored to be part of this world. So yeah, they're so great people, right? Do you love vets? Amazing. I, I as a pet mom, a pet parent growing awesome. up with pets. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm honored. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so fun. So I always ask my guests, like my first question is, can you tell me your veterinary story? So for me, maybe you can tell me how you got into this HR world and then how that evolved into vet men. Sure, absolutely. I started um, many years ago <laughs> um, on the on the HR side, managing benefits, health benefits for various employers, mostly on the financial services side. And then um, I jumped to, the, to a different seat at the table and I um, had a similar role as a national account executive for large healthcare insurers across the country. And what that did was my clients, it really helped me get a bird's eye view into what each of them were doing as it related to their health insurance needs for their employees and families with and well-being as it sort of became over the last few years um, well, well received. Actually, we, need, we realized that we needed to have this as a focus. Um, and then about five years ago, I decided to make a switch. I had commuted many years. I work, in, I live in New Jersey and work in New York. I wanted to do something local and I had the fantastic opportunity. I was, took some time off. Um, I also volunteer at a local shelter, an animal shelter. And I just really wanted to get back to my, my real passion, which are veterinarians and all the great work that their teams do. So I got a position as, um, as an HR benefits professional and at a larger network. And then I moved to Suvato about a little bit over a year ago. And I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. So do, do you find that there's a difference? I mean, you worked in HR, but did you have this well-being piece when you were doing HR? I imagine that was part of HR, right? It, it was. People and through it, their issues and it definitely was. And as I said, what back um, a few years ago, uh, I guess about 20 years ago, when I was on um, for a large financial global firm, they had the idea. They were very progressive in their thinking, but there really weren't a lot of, um, there wasn't a lot of attention, quite honestly. There was still a greater stigma, even more than today, on mental health. And there really wasn't an, an appetite, if you will, to, to focus or have these you know, programs available. When I moved over to the carrier side, they started developing them just from the needs of their own clients. You know, our clients were hungry for it. Like we need to help our teams. We need to find something. And so that's when I really became immersed in the products and the programs that were available and how we can, you know, what each of our clients needed. You know, it really did span. I had retail clients. I had um, clients that worked in manufacturing and I had sort of the white collar Wall Street clients and everybody had 
different needs and how to uh, understand how to communicate and what was the underlying needs for their population. Yeah, really I think that's, that's really a good point that you just brought up is, is everyone, you, when you say everyone, I think it conveys that we all have issues, you know, because sometimes I think the reason there is a stigma is because we think that we're alone when we have anxiety or we have stress or we're burned out or, you know, and, and it's starting to be uh, more acceptable to say something. But I think that, you know, that stigma that is what we're trying to get rid of, right? And get people to speak up and and realize that we all have struggles. Absolutely. And, you know, as, as I say, number one, it's okay to not be okay. Every person, every human has a day where you're just not feeling yourself or there's something happened, or maybe there was a traumatic incident that, you know, impacted your life. And so I, I think the stigma is twofold. I think initially people were quite afraid to even talk about it. Perhaps they would lose their job or they might be viewed differently by others. And they really right. didn't want to share that. And then there really weren't that many resources that were available to anonymously and confidentially access the care that, that they needed. Need, so, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Today. So today, thank goodness, there's great resources that are out there now and, and which we can talk about. Um, but it, it, it's sort of changing and, and opening up that barrier to care, um, you know, removing the barriers or at least opening the door for people. Yeah. Do you find a difference now that you're in the vet med space and before you were in the human healthcare space, is there a difference? Like are veterinarians different in a lot of ways from um, medical professionals, human medical professionals, or are we all kind of suffering from the same, you know, dealing with people that aren't kind and, um, you know, just compassion fatigue and all of that. Do you see similarities or differences? I, I see both. And that's a great question. I think underlying, um, we all sort of face the same stress, anxiety, depression, you know, these clinical conditions or diagnoses that are out there. But I think if veterinary professionals in particular experiencing things, experience things in a different way, I think, um, you know, unlike human healthcare where doctors, you know, they will try every last moment to, to save their patient. You know, they'll do everything that they could possibly do. They're, they have oaths to try to do that. It's different, unfortunately, and just realistically in the veterinary world. You know, there right. could be situations where, um, a, a, you know, an animal a veterinarian feels that they could possibly be able to save that animal's life or, or change direction in their health care to, to get them on a path to wellness. And maybe the family is, is maybe it's a financial concern, or maybe there's um, other sort of um, situations where they're not able to proceed. And so that creates a big impact. There's also a much larger rate of um, euthanasia in general, just, just given the, the nature of, you know, the animal world versus, versus the human world. I, th right. I think that could be tough. Um, and also, quite honestly, patients in the veterinary world can't really tell you <laughs> what's <laughs> happening with them. So they could, you know, maybe they could meow or bark or, you know, scratch their leg Point. or hold their paw. Up. It hurts yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, here's my paw. Um, right. But so so that's another challenge, right? So our, our veterinary professionals are amazing at their, they learn so many languages and <laughs> how to communicate. So I think all of those stressors are, you know, are make it a little bit different, right? Than, than yeah. human healthcare, in my yeah. opinion, as a non-clinician, that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So um, May is mental health awareness month. And this podcast, we're talking in May and this podcast will come out probably next week or the following week. So we'll still be in May. 
Can we talk a little bit about that? I know you have kind of an interest in that and that's part of um, what we wanted to talk about today. I don't know how to exactly start, but um, do you want to start? Sure. Sure. What you think about that of Mental Health Health Awareness Month and what we can do. Absolutely. Thanks, Julie. And I will say, uh, as you mentioned, I work at Suvetto and our company, um, Suvetto stands for Supporting Vet Ownership. Yeah, I want you to tell me about that. Do you want to talk about that first? Can I hear hear about Suvetto and then go into it? Mental Health sure. Awareness Month. Okay, let's do that. Uh, absolutely, because I, I do think I do think it's an important point to make. Yeah. And that um, the way that Suvetto is is set up is we sort of have um, three arms of our company. We have Calico, which is a financial lending institution that can help um, veterinary professionals um, grow if, they, if they've. Um, financials, maybe they want to expand. You know, it's it's a lending arm of of our company, and then we have Harbor. Harbor is amazing. They have programs um, specific to um, students, veterinary students, and first and second year, you know, sort of new veterinarians and how how to face the real world, if you will, outside of school, immersive programs and experiential programs. And then we have Suvetto Proper, our network of over 65 hospitals across the country. Um, we are mainly GP, although we certainly have um, hospitals that um, have specialty and emergency care as well, 24-7. And so collectively, one of the things that specifically grew me, um, drew me to Suvetto, in addition to the leadership team that I got to meet, I personally know um, uh, our CHRO, I, I, I've, I've known her, but well-being is one of the foundational pillars at Suvetto. So if you look at our website or you look at any of our materials, it's um, growth, ownership, and well-being. And that's pretty amazing. I've, I've worked in other, and I'm familiar with other networks where, you know, they sort of say, oh, we offer this, so we offer these programs. But here at Suvetto, it's actually a foundational pillar. And so I believe that we walk the walk. We provide the resources. We want to understand um, how to help our teams and their families. And so that's huge. And to me, that was really exciting. And I'm, I'm yeah. so honored to be part of it. Yeah. Right. And the fact that they're bringing people on to just work on that. I think that's so key, you know, and, I, and I've talked to other people in other corporations that have that kind of branch for well-being. And I think it's getting more and more common. So I'm really excited about that. I think it's a really important yeah. I am too. I am so too. It, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled. Yeah. So I'm, while I'm we're talking about that, the company, you said that they have lending. Now, is this lending for just individuals that want to kind of start their own practice or do they have to be part of your company in order to participate in the lending? Like, how does that work? Just because so basically, right. So basically supporting Suvato stands for supporting vet ownership. So the model is that to help veterinarians, um, you know, they retain a piece, they have ownership, they could have ownership opportunities when they be part of part of the Suvato network. Um, but it also helps them if they want to expand. Um, our teams okay. provide advice. I mean, you know, um, I would definitely would refer if anybody's interested, it's all the information is out on our site and connect with somebody, but right. we really want, want to be a resource about that. Cause we know that could be quite, you know, confusing and difficult, especially if that's not your field, you're a clinician, right? You're not, you know, you know, a banker. Right. So right. We, we do believe that that's an important part of, um, of us and, and differentiates us in the market. Right. And so, yeah. so, those so is this, is this unique then, do you think this concept, I, I haven't heard it. You know, and I've talked to quite a few people like this. This seems very unique, the way they have it set up with the the lending and the student programs and then the um, the hospital owner, like they have a group of hospitals that they actually own or partially own. Is that how I understand it? 
Correct. Exactly. So um, I would say that I think what's built in and sort of the the magic sauce, if you will, that's part of Suveto, right? (laughs) The special sauce. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, linking those three together are really what helps differentiate us in the market. Um, I'm not familiar what, you know, all of the models of all of the network hospitals that are out there, to be honest with you. But I think our model we live and breathe it. And as I said, our leaders, our executive leadership team are, are very hands-on. Um, our hospitals and our clinics do amazing work. And yeah, it's just, it's just a real, it's just a really, um, it, it's a great model, I think. I, I think yeah. it supports it. And yeah. we live those foundational like pillars, it. the fact, right, that we're putting them out there in public and not just talk, you know, saying, oh, there's like a little link <laughs> on the website. It's not just lip, <laughs> lip service, right? Ex- exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, and to your point, leading into May as Mental Health Awareness Month, you know, the fact that we are spouting it, and it's a journey, to be honest with you. Um, I think people, if you just think about human nature, unless you really need something, or you're focusing on something, if you're healthy and well, you may not be thinking that you would ever need support, but we all do. And so I, that's why I believe that May, mental health awareness should, should be something that it's not just for this month of May. Right. <laughs> it's something for that sure. you know, it should be every yeah. day, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and just know know what's a, what's available and, and sort of what's out there. And so my role as well-being manager, I I feel that my job is to listen, understand all of our hospitals have unique cultures and and different um there are different urban areas. There could be, you know, different demographics, whether it be the size or the capacity or the type of practice that they offer to their clients. Um, and so when I look at, I'm listening, I'm sourcing, I'm resourcing. Okay. So what is your need? You know, maybe the, we, you know, we have a hospital that's in rural Texas is very different than urban New Jersey, right? They just have different needs. Mm -hmm. So listening, sourcing, getting the right resources for them and then making those connections. And so I think that is, um, that's something that I look to do. And, and I've had the great opportunity to be, I haven't been everywhere yet to all of our 65 <laughs> plus, but um, I've been doing many by Zoom if they were too far or, you know, with COVID restrictions when they were in place um, and starting or starting to get on site with meeting them. But, you know, listening, active listening and understanding what the needs are, being able to source them and connecting folks is, is sort of my mantra. Yeah, I love <laughs> the idea. Sense? I love the idea that you're actually going into the hospitals to, because I know with my own hospital um, and other hospitals that I've been in, they are all so different in the way they run, in the way their leadership leads, in the way their teams interact, in their hospital cultures. And so just getting in there and observing, I think is a really great idea. So I'm glad that they've got you doing that. I think that's, that's an amazing benefit. It's great. And and our model as well, I'm part of a, the guide dog team. So the way that Suveto operates is we call ourselves Suveto guide dogs. So I am on, you know, the HR, sort of the administrative side of it. So we are the resources, you know, our finance team, our IT team, our payroll team, you know, we are part of the um the resources to allow the hospitals and clinics to do what they do best. So they utilize right. us. I always say my hospitals are my clients. <laughs> so, you know, what can I do for you? I'm there to serve you. You're there to serve your patients and your clients, They're the pet parents, and we're there to serve you. So that right. Shibeto guide dog concept, yeah, is pretty neat. 
Yeah, I love that. Well, I love I have we have leader dogs here near my house that I've volunteered at quite a quite a bit. So the guide dog, yeah, it, it kind of hits your heart, right? Because that's such a it's such an interesting model. And and to think of you yeah. as guiding the hospitals, that's kind of a, a great way to think about it. Yes. I love that. So let's talk a little bit about the um, why veterinarians in particular, because you know that's why I started what I do, my podcast and my coaching is because I was so interested in helping veterinarians with this mental health piece. So let's talk a little bit about why you think vets are unique with their struggles. And we kind of touched on that a little bit already. And then, you know, are there, you know, statistics that we need to look at or what can we do throughout this month to just, you know, create more awareness maybe? Sure. Um, absolutely. And, and, you know, as you said, we, we did talk a little bit of the uniqueness of a veterinary professional versus right. a human professional. I think in addition, you know, COVID hit, it was um, so impactful to, to COVID the world. COVID was a crap to show. The world. Yeah. <laughs> if you were yes, working it, in a hospital when that hit, especially if you were a hospital leader, like I was, it was like, Oh, I can't imagine. Oh, like I, every day people were crying and clients were confused. Like there was so much for hospitals to try to figure out. And, and there was just no one to help us. You know, it was just kind of like, okay, here you go. Try to figure it out. It was, yeah, it was bad. And and by the way, thank you for, cause you guys all, you know, led the charge and you worked every single day. And so appreciative of, of all the work and, and commitment and support that, that you, that you did. So thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Start was, with, with acknowledging that. Challenging, yeah. but I think most hospitals eventually figured it out. But that was one of the pieces, right? Is we had to, we had that much more stress. Right, right, exactly. You know, team A, team B to make sure that, you know, teams are are safe and sort of in their in their own little world, if you will, yeah. with for not, you know, spreading or getting um others ill. Clients, you know, every people were working from home or or not working and, and the adoption rates huge, which was, you know, fantastic for my shelter, <laughs> my nonprofit <laughs> shelter, which which did great and how, you know, and homing um pets, but that created such a burden, right? An additional burden, an increased burden on all of our, you know, all of our clinics and hospitals. Now everybody's home. Now everybody noticed that fluffy, oh, I never noticed that fluffy had a little bump on her paw, you know. Yeah. So the great news is people started realizing and getting pets, the care they needed. On right. the other side of the coin, that increased um, burden. And as I said, and the rules changing and then people becoming frustrated, I think really sort of increased um, the stress levels and the anxiety levels. There's also a great shortage uh, just in general of DVMs and veterinary professionals. I know that um, there's, I think there's schools that are sort of thinking are expanding their programs, hopefully universities and colleges that'll enable more folks to get into the industry. So that's one thing, there's a shortage, there's, you know, tends to be, there's turnover, um, not unlike other industries, but that that's a factor. There's the, the burden of debt when you come out of um, veterinary school, you know, yeah, that's a big one. That. You know, and so all of these sort of challenges, I think, are in you know impacting, and then just the day to day, as you said, you know, you got you know the grouchy client that is you know comes in and and, and sort of um, is wreaking havoc with you know with your team now, and and so you know what can we do about that? You know, so how how do we so listening? What well, what's what particularly is ha is happening? You know, how can we support that? Let's provide our teams with the tools because we can't change how other people are going to act, unfortunately. I say that um, all the time on the podcast. Like the only one you can control is right here. 
can't control exactly. anything that anyone else does, it, but it's so hard, right? Like we want to, because we're such compassionate people, we take all that emotion on instead of, you know, just leaving it. Um, that's right. Heart, that's, you know, that that's right. And, you know, as you said, I mean, I think um, another point is veterinary professionals and DVMs like yourself, I mean, so have such high rank, so high on the IQ, right? All of the education, all of the training, all the certifications, all of the education behind you. And then there's also the EQ side of it, the emotional quotient, you know, so just in general, how can we look to sort of maybe hone those skills really to protect ourselves? Because I, I you know, right. I, th- I, I think what happens sometimes is the focus is on you're such caring individuals and veterinary professionals that's in their heart is to do good and to make a difference, right? And to care right. so much, but you sort of forget you know, I'm, I'm, I, I need to fill my own <laughs> cup and my own, you know, my own energy here to keep going. And so we come back to that self-care, you know, yeah. and so maybe, in, you know, how to hone your skills and how to be empathetic, but not forget, you can't take it all on. You just, you can't. Right. You, right. You think, yeah, you might I think, think you can. forget that the world, there's, there's a lot of bad stuff in the world. And for some reason, veterinarians think that we can fix all of the animal ills and save all the animals. Like we have this idealistic view, I think, before we get into veterinary school, instead of a realistic view of the world and how bad it can sometimes be. And then I, my opinion is that once we learn that we have to do the work, like the inner work on ourselves to be able to handle what we're doing every day. And so do you agree with that? Or do you have any um, like suggestions or tools on how someone can start that work on helping themselves get right, through all, do the, all of the stress, you know? I do. And and I, I, Julie, I agree with everything you just said. And the first step is acknowledging it. So kudos to you and your podcast and all of the great information you share with the world out there, because that very first step is admitting that, okay, I, I mean, I mean, have this is an opportunity for me to learn something, get <laughs> right. myself well, and this I like to view it this way that this is a great opportunity. It's a challenge that I'm going to take on. Um, if I if I'm not at my best, I'm not delivering my best anyway. And so I think that's something. And so you know there are resources that are available here at Suvato. We have a really robust EAP or Employee Assistance Program, which okay. is available to all of our team members as, you know, as an employee at Suveto, we offer it, whether you're full-time or part-time, it's available to family members as well. And what that EAP offers are free and confidential resources and the opportunity for somebody to reach out and talk to somebody, whatever it is, whatever you're dealing with, you know, um, if you look at the dimensions of well-being, it's, it's so interesting to try to find that perfect harmony and that balance, which is, elusive it's impossible it really there's is no perfect, yeah. there's no I think, perfect harmony <laughs> I think the bad I, I like the harmony word a little bit better than balance because balance implies that it's all like this and harmony kind of is a little bit like I think of music but I still think that teaching us that that's normal and that's the way it's supposed to be is part of the problem rather than teaching people that it's supposed to be ugly it's supposed to be hard it's supposed to be all these things. And that's why it's work. Like I call it when I'm coaching my clients, I'm like, now you have to work. You have to do the work. Once you figure out what you need, now it's up to you to do the work to get it. And I, and I think you're so right. It's like those going after those resources and, you know, that kind of thing. 
It, right, exactly. And and recognizing, as you said, that there's other things that impact us. So we talked about the fact that we can only control our own um, reactions to things. And so there are resources that are out there like cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT, which it's just, it's, it's a form of therapy that teaches you how to respond differently, you know, one aspect of that. And, and I know I personally have utilized that and grown from it because everybody can, I'm, right? Yeah, it, it's, it, it's pretty neat. And so, you know, understanding that there's a way that I can't change what you're saying to me, but I can change my reaction to it. Maybe take a minute, take four seconds to breathe before I immediately respond. That gives me a second for my heart rate to lower. It gives me a second to think before I just spout out something that may not be appropriate or I might regret, you know, so that's something. And, and also recognizing that, you know, there's the the environmental impact, there's the social impact, which we, you know, COVID was so hard on everybody, not, you know, not having that connection. So it's not just the behavioral and the physical, which tends to, people think about that right away. I think with wellness, people think right. think of that. That's why it's a difference. You between should wellness. meditate and do yoga, like that kind of those rote things yeah. that we all say to do, but that's not the whole of it. Exactly. And that's a part of it. And that may that might be something that appeals to you and you may not be something. So finding what appeals to you. I mean, I love what'll calm me down is taking a break. I love music. So a great song, you know, so step away, learning to take, you know, partner with your colleagues at, at your hospital or clinic or just in life with your family and being okay to set that boundary to say, okay, I need to think about this. I can't just say yes. I need to think about it for a moment. Let me, you know, let me come back to you, set that boundary, take a step away, you know, take, take physical breaks, take technology breaks. Holy cow. Mm. Yeah. Really I like think social media is so damaging. I, I feel myself getting, you know, anxious just if I start scrolling, you know, like my kids got me on TikTok, And if I get on TikTok for more than like five minutes, I start to get really like, you almost get entranced by it, but then you get like this, like you can't, you can't think feeling. It's really a weird, social media is weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a phenomenon. Fun, but it can be hard. It can be bad for your brain. I think. I, I think it, it, as with most things in life, you need to take it in small doses. Truth. You know, I mean, just like brownies, good brownies. <laughs> <laughs> don't eat, don't eat 12 of them. I mean, have one and step away, you know, right. And then walk away. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I think, yeah, so I think back, you know, back to what, what we can do. And then one resource I, I want to mention that I talk about all the time, and I'm sure Julie, you're well aware of it is the 988, you know, um, so we mm -hmm. all know 911, when to call 911, when there's an emergent crisis, we need a law enforcement officer or firefighter. 988 was set up last year. It's available to every single person in the United States. It doesn't matter where you work, if you're working, what, whatever. Um, and it's a, the suicide and crisis lifeline. And I just cannot say it enough, put it in your phone, share it with your family and friends. You're connected with um, a, a counselor, a person that will connect you and to, to those support resources. It, it's just, it's, it's been, it's a, it's a game changer. And there are already, you know, early results of that have, is, have, been, have shown that it's changed directions and I'm sure that it's saving lives out there. Yeah, you know, it has to be. Initial, yeah. So 988, that's again, available to everybody in the veterinary world. There's, there's some amazing external resources, external to Suvato. I mean, like not one more vet, 
right. NAMVI. That's mm -hmm. another um, amazing support resource for veterinary professionals. There's Veterinary Hope Foundation, which also provides peer group support. So knowing where to look at, in the veterinary world, I'm sure, Julie, you know, go to the AVMA website. They have, you know, tons of stuff out there. Come to our website, suveto.com, wellbeing resources page. We list not only the resources available um, for our team, but for everybody, because, right, we want everybody to, to understand what's available. Like the community, sure. it's, we're all in it together. Right. And, it, and it's absolutely true that um, it's changing and there are more resources. I think part of the, um, the thing that we have to get over is like you kind of said before, there is a little bit of a stigma and veterinarians are such perfectionists that we feel like we shouldn't struggle. And so that's one of the things that I say a lot on the podcast. It's like, look, we, we all have these struggles and it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means that you have this normal human brain that likes to think negatively and likes to scare you and likes to make you hide from life. And that that's the key is just being like, oh, this doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. I'm okay. It just means that I need right now a little bit of a leg up or a hand up, you know? And right. I think the, the suicide piece is so disturbing to me. Um, I don't know if you've experienced any suicide in your life or your family, but I have. And I just, I just wish that the people that I've lost in my family would have had like a one second gap to, to dial this number 988 or just call someone and be like, look, I'm thinking of hurting myself. I need help. And that right. is just like the best sentence you could ever say to anybody because, you know, the world needs all of us. It's not, you know, it's, there's going to be a hole in the world if you're not there. And right. I try, try to tell everyone that it's like, you're, you're put here for a reason. So you need to stay, even though it's hard. I get it. Like life is hard, but right. I, I just think all these resources and, and your company and, um, you know, not one more vet and all that. And that's what we're trying to change. So I, I really hope people that are listening to us, if they're really struggling, hear that little bit of a, a message to just, there's nothing wrong with you. Just ask someone to help you. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm so, I'm sorry for your loss and I'm sorry for, for others that have lost somebody that have passed um, through suicide or, or yeah, I think know, most people do know at least one yeah, person, right? Yeah, I, right. I do as well. Um, and I think the other thing that's so also really important that you just sort of touched upon is notice each other. So acknowledging yourself first. That was right? going to be my next question. Or what oh, are the perfect, signs? I, I have it. I just read it. And I thought this is what I'm going to ask her next. Like, what are the signs in you and in others? Perfect. Right. So per perfect segue. So I, I, mean, I, think, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the interesting thing is that a lot of times we'll ignore the signs in ourselves and but notice them in others first which is kind of interesting so you know I just me personally I will say oh I'm just tired because of xyz or I'll find some reason why I'm tired I'm not putting it together that my, my gosh maybe I haven't slept in you know days or maybe I'm having recurring headaches or you know there's anxiety my heart starts racing I'm really not putting that together and I think I mean, human right human nature is to say oh it's nothing let me move on because I have my list that I need to get done right, right? um right. 
But that being said, you need, we need to look into ourselves and you right. need to recognize um, if you're feeling a certain way. You know, you could have an off day here or there, but if you're noticing a trend of yourself missing things or, um, and the connections that we talked about, like the different dimensions, if you're noticing that you're missing social connections and you're not communicating, you're not talking to anybody, you're just work, 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 going home, work, 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 you know, maybe getting, you know, an hour to sleep, checking the phone, you know, not, not relaxing, not, yeah, really not separating yourself from work because you're mentally there still. It, exactly. And physical manifestations, you know, stress and anxiety. It's, um, I don't know the percentage, but I, I want to say it's almost 95%, a high number, which is again, not scientifically um, backed up. But you know, if you're stressed out, there's physical man manifestations that are going to happen. So yeah. And sometimes I will you don't it. realize it, right? Like I, I was having a stomach problem a few years ago and I just kept saying, oh my, there's something wrong with my stomach. It must be what I'm eating. Well, it was, right. it was anxiety and stress. Right. You know, like right, I, exactly. I just kept going, there's something wrong with me. And, you know, then you're like, oh, well, maybe it's self-induced, you know? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Exactly. And having the foresight and the ability to see that and to say, like, let me look further. Let me try to think of something else. So a acknowledging in yourself is, is really important. And then, um, you know, you could do things that like easy things like start, start making checklists. I mean, things that, you know, like these are things that I need to do that I need to get done. And so I'm aware that they're going to be done, but now I need to rest. My brain needs to stop. So I'm going to just step away from them. I have the list there. So I'm not nervous that I'm going to Getting forget it out anything. of your brain. Exactly. Do, yeah. do sort of like a brain dump, um, other tips that can help. Um, I think, you know, stop rushing to do everything. I am born New Yorker resident of New Jersey now and I'm a fast talker I'm a fast walker I'm a yep. you know I'm always you know 10 steps ahead yeah um, I thought I thought people in Michigan were impatient and fast paced <laughs> until my son moved to New York and so I spent a lot of time there with him and I was like he's like mom you can't even talk don't talk to people like he would be embarrassed oh. if we'd go into a store and I'd be like hey how's it going and he'd be like mom people in New York don't do that <laughs> oh no <laughs> Oh gosh. Well, I don't know. I, I, I think you have be yourself, be you, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but the fast pace thing. Pace, yeah. I totally the, get the that. Pace. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, that, that pace is there. So take those moments, you know, to, to breathe, to sort of recenter yourself. Um, you know, you want to, um, be organized. I think that's another good thing. Like we talked about like the checklist and, um, being able to just understand that there's things that you can do. There's small steps that you can take um, yeah. to make things better. Yeah. Like little Listen. baby steps sometimes, even if you just like clean one pile of papers a day exactly. give to yourself, get more organized. Yeah. Give yourself, it, it really does because achievement setting goals and then meeting those goals is another great way to, yeah. to make, make yourself happy and feel that you're getting things done. So uh, you could apply those same things to those around you. And this is something that we see, you know, teams that work so closely together, especially yourself and, and your team, you know, colleagues, you're, you know, working together on a, with a client or, or on a patient or, you know, you're strategizing, you know, have, have debriefs, which is really important, especially in a work environment. Mm -hmm. There are days where things are going to go really well. Um, and there's things or maybe things, there's opportunities or challenges that someone faced on the team. I think those shared experiences and giving yourself time to debrief and, and unload and say, here's what happened, what went well, what didn't go well. 
um, and being able to share with each other. And, and to your point, it's stuff will happen. It will happen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, I mean, I think that's okay. And I, and I think sharing the great experiences, because there's so many good positive things. Mm -hmm. Don't just focus on the hard things and the negative things, have the debrief to say, let's celebrate. This was a great day. So, and so this happened, or this client came through on their surgery and this, you know, changed their life. Celebrate, reward yourself at the end of every day. Even, you know, I I often say, even if, yeah, go ahead, Julie. Go ahead. ahead. Finish your I was just going to say, I'm sorry. Even if it's the hardest day, I apply this to myself. It's the most stressful day. Maybe someone, you know, you found out somebody's ill or worked, mean, something happened at work. At the end of the day, you know what? You made it through the end of the day. So at the very least, reward yourself. You made it. You did it. Right. Like my, my one uh, person that I used to work with said all, all days end eventually. <laughs> yes. It's like, okay, well, I guess that's one way to look at it. But what I was going to say when I almost interrupted you or interrupted you is that um, sometimes when people tell us that to like look for gratitudes or look for positives at the end of the day, people get kind of annoyed with that because they think it's like toxic positivity But I, what I try to tell people is what we're trying to do is we're trying to retrain our brain to not focus on all the negatives. And that's what your brain naturally does. So you don't have to train it to find the negatives. It already does that. What we have to train it for is to look for the positives. And so instead of it being, you know, oh, happy, 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 it's just kind of, no, you're just trying to get a more realistic view of your day. Because if you have one mean client, and you've had 20 clients, then the percentage of mean clients is very, very low, but your brain's going to tell you that everyone's mean. And so if you can be like, oh, it was only one person, look at all these nice things these other people said, it kind of helps you dilute out that negativity, if if that makes sense. That makes total sense. I love that. And I love the way you framed that. Exactly. You know? Yeah. You're kind of retraining yourself, which... I think nobody ever told us that we had to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank goodness you're here. <laughs> this is something we all know. Well, this is what you're, this yeah. is what you're doing too, right? With your veterinary. <laughs> you're you're you helping them from this. retrain their brain. Yeah. So the, so the signs and other people, that's kind of where we're at. Are there more? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we sort of know each other, you get into a groove and you know, your colleagues or your family, that person that's comes in usually and is the first person there. They're early. They're, you know, sort of in, always positive. Um, if you start noticing over a couple of days, not just one day, because there's always a day when you're just not in it, you're not in it today, right, but right. over a course of time, maybe you notice that that person is um, coming in and not as open, maybe, you know, sort of close keeping to themselves, not contributing as, as they routinely have done. Maybe their appearance has changed. You know, maybe they're starting to look a little bit different, perhaps, you know, on, on camps or diff, just different, like you, yeah, something their hair that you isn't notice. It used to be, or yeah. Yeah. Um, or, and then, you know, sort of the, the more obvious ones, somebody calling out a lot, you know, and not really having a good reason or not sharing what the reason is like notice each other you know just just notice that behavior and it's okay to ask somebody how are you doing you know i think those conversations sometimes people get nervous and and awkward just saying hey how's it going you know i, I is everything going okay with you it's, it's okay to ask that question because what it does is it opens the door that the person somebody cares they may not be ready to talk about it and they may right. not want to talk about it with you yeah. but they really 
okay, maybe something is going on with me that I, if somebody else is noticing it, you know, maybe there's something that I should, I should address. Yeah. And then, you know, and then if, if you have the resources that you can mention to them, um, that are available, like, Hey, you want to talk or you want to take a break? Did you take your break yet? Or did you know that our hospital offers an EAP or, or however, you, whatever you're comfortable with, or, you know, whatever you need to do, but noticing those types of um, things are just really, really, really important and opens yeah. the door. I, I, I take a um, suicide um, awareness and prevention course as part of my life training. And I was kind of surprised in a way when I first took it, but also very encouraged that they recommend that you specifically ask people, are you thinking of harming yourself? Are you, you know, like directly asking those kind of questions is, is something that you can do and something that is a good idea to do because apparently if someone is having those thoughts and you don't directly ask, you know, you can say, is there something wrong? And they'll say, no, I'm fine. Um, or if they do start to talk, you know, just asking the question, are, are you thinking of hurting yourself or do you have any, you know, thoughts of self-harm or, you know, you can say it in a kind way, but just to kind of get more awareness as, as to how deep they are in their feelings and how much help they really do need, because sometimes they'll just say, no, I'm fine when they're suffering, you know, very deeply. So I was kind of surprised that that was okay to just say right out loud, are you thinking of hurting yourself? And yeah. I, you know, I've gotten a lot more um, open at asking that question just because, you know, that's part of the research that says that you should do. Exactly. Did you take the QPR training? Yes. There's a yeah, so yeah, the questions the one. Right. Question persuade refer for right. you know for any anybody listening. That that's amazing. And anybody can take that. Yes. Um and it's you know, it's it's certification. I've done that as well. I've taken well-being certification actually through the AVMA. Yeah. And it is very helpful to know. And another thing, people, um, there's a, a myth out there that if you ask someone if they're thinking of harming themselves or committing suicide, that that's what causes them or that puts the I idea. Think of it into their head. And that has been proven false. That is not true. That is not a true statement. And right. so, um, you know, being able to ask the questions and, you know, knowing the right time and place, of course, you know, with, if you're in a private place, but yeah. it just shows, yeah, but it shows that we care. I mean, I think that's the overriding care. Like we care about you. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned for you. Right. That message, getting that message out is really important. And people could be having all sorts of crises, you know, crises out there. Mm -hmm. um, and you just don't know. Empathy is huge. If you can invoke empathy into what we're doing into our daily lives. Um, I think that's something that will, will change the direction. It'll open doors. It'll make you a better person, a healthier person. I think if you can say, let me not, it's not all about me. <laughs> um, right. Let me think of someone, someone else might be going through before mm -hmm. I react or before I say something or just assume, you know, that person came in, they're grouching, they're screaming. They, they, I don't know, that person is a bad person. Well, maybe not. Maybe they just found out they have a medical, horrible medical diagnosis, or maybe they were just in a car accident on the way yeah, here. Or maybe like, one of their kids is suffering or yeah, there's yes. always something going on at home or they're not doing well with their marriage or like, we just never know. Exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, as a human, you know, I say, no matter what your beliefs are, no matter, you know, there, there should be no judgment, but I, I think my sort of statement as well as, you know, if you could be anything in life, just be kind, be kind. And, 
be aware and just try to help each other. You're not going to be the savior. You're not going to be doing everything for everybody. But if you can at least give them a hand or you can give them a tip or a resource, that's amazing. It makes you feel better and you're helping someone else. Yeah. And I think if, if people have self-awareness and someone says to them, um, you're not acting right today, like what's going on with you? Because they would say that to me in my practice, because I'm really... I'm a high I, very talkative type of person until I get stressed out. And then I turn into a D and I'm very quiet and I'm very task oriented and direct and, you know, almost not really, I don't, I don't ever like to think of myself as mean, but I get like direct, like just let's get this job done. And yeah. so when, before I knew a lot about coaching myself, if somebody at work would say to me, you know, you're really quiet today, what's going on? it brought awareness to me because like, I might not have realized I was stressed out until someone else noticed it. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm really stressed out because this is going on at home. And I've been thinking about the hospital and we don't have enough money. And like, then I, at least I could be aware of why I was behaving the way I was behaving. And just having right. that connection between why and what I'm thinking is helpful. You know, it's helpful to help you change it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause you don't, not going to realize it. As we said earlier, I think you're going to keep going and you're just going to see like, I'm doing it. I'm doing everything I need to do. Not even realizing the impact that you may have on others or the perception. Um, I mean, that's another thing, you know, our perceptions vary, <laughs> you know, my perception of a situation is quite different than maybe you may be perceiving that situation sure. and being, yeah. being aware that it's not a bad thing. We're just, we just, we come from different cultures. We come from different yeah. backgrounds and you know, different situations. So um, I think by, you know, being aware of that, that will help as well, you know, sort of down that path. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So there's, I'm going to change the subject just slightly. Um, and I don't know if this is going to be part of your, uh, in your wheelhouse, but I was thinking as I was looking over um, the Civetto model and supporting that ownership, and that's kind of the, in the name, do you have any specific ideas of how hospital ownership either serves us as veterinarians, like why that's a good thing for us, what kind of people might be interested in owning a hospital or partially owning it? Because it sounds like you can own it, but then the HR is done through the corporation. Like, what do you see as that piece of it for veterinarians? Like, would that help someone struggling or, you know, the ownership piece. I was an owner and I, I thought it was the best thing for me. So do you have any insight on that? Yeah. I mean, I would say I am not the expert on that, but we, our team is. So what I would recommend okay. anybody reach out to us and we could walk through every situation is different, right. you know, based on where, you know, where you are in your career or, you know, what, what you're looking to do, but those conversations and those resources are available through, through our team, you know? Okay. So we, yeah. yeah. So I, I would suggest that's just, part of it, right. That's part of the yeah. corporation. Like you can be an owner without having all those responsibilities. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. I absolutely. wanted to make sure I got that right when I was reading up on it. Yep. Absolutely. And as I said, please reach out to us. And that's what we're here to do. Talk to, right. even provide advice, even if that's not something that, I mean, you're just considering it. You're not w willing to pull, you know, the, the trigger on it, but you, you, right. you're interested in it. Someday, those conversations. Maybe. Yeah, we have our resources and our, our leadership team and our teams and um, within, you know, all, th all three arms, you know, Calico Harbor and just Suvetto proper. Okay. Yeah, because I think there's a myth here. out there right now that, you know, if you're a young veterinarian, that there's no opportunities for you anymore because the corporations are, you know, kind of taking over our industry. But I think that's a myth. I think that more and more things are opening up in more different ways. It might not look like it used to where you just, you know, 
buy out the old man on the corner and, and start, start running their practice. But I do think that, um, you know, we need to be aware that there are a lot of opportunities for vets right now. Absolutely. And, and as I mentioned, the arm our Harbor, they, um, specifically, I mean, they, they have all of that immersive experience again, for students and, um, early veterinarians, early career veterinarians, uh-huh. um, as well, that's out there. You can check out, um, you know, I'll go on our website and check out and make connections there, or you can always reach out to me and I will make sure to get you, you know, connected to the right, yeah. to the right team members, but we're open to conversations. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's really serving the community broadly, right. um, not just the hospitals, uh, of which we're lucky to have in our network, but just, just overall the, the yeah. concern and the care is there. Right. So we've covered a lot, but what have I not asked you that I probably should have, or what have we not covered that you want to cover? Um, I think we did do a very good job of covering everything. I guess the one thing I would say is just for, you know, everybody that's listening to remember that you are not alone. Resources are available. If you are able to look into yourself and please remember to, to take care of, of yourself first, just as a foundational, even if you change direction and do tiny things, as we said, you know, get up a few minutes earlier, do something just, just for you, just for you, not for your children, not for your partner, um, just, just for you. Um, if you start there and then that you start leading the day in a positive way, I think making those small changes and acknowledging and rewarding yourself is just really important. Yeah. Um, look, looking out for each other, their national resources, or perhaps within your own organization, the resources that are available. I think those are key and please mental health awareness is every day. It's not just the month of May. Um, Greatly sure. appreciate though, the national observance is, is fantastic and that it really is a larger platform to talk right. about it. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think, I think that's it. You, you know, you, you come first. I think that's, that, that's, a, yeah, a great put message. your oxygen mask on first, right? That's what they say on the airplane. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. So what do you do personally? Just if you're willing to share, what do you like to do for your own mental and physical health? Do you have like certain things that you like to do sports or? Sure. I, I mean, I live by the beach, so I'm a beach oh, person. Nice. Anytime I can get to the, by the water is very calming for me, yes. even if it's just, you know, um, we have through, through also through our programs, you know, like a talk space app or a calm app, you know, so even if you, do, if you don't live in a place by the ocean, find your Zen, find that thing that makes you feel good. So for me, yeah. it's the ocean. So nice. even if I'm in a place, even if I'm in a car, I'm, I'm in a different state, you know, put the sound of the ocean or the view of the ocean. It helps <laughs> calm me. I love yeah, it. That is um, a very soothing sound. Yes. Yes. You know, and some people like chir- chirping birds, F- find what it is. And there's all of these apps that are available. They could, they might in fact be available through your employer if you have that. Um, or just, I mean, they're pretty cost effective. There's a lot of free stuff out there too. Yes. So if I, I, I do that myself. I do breathing exercises all the time. It does help me as my fast talking <laughs> genetics <laughs> to slow you me, down, <laughs> slow me down a bit, talk yeah. slower breathing. I find that to be helpful. Um, I do like to get out and um, be physical, you know, um, pure bar. I like pure bar. I like to, I like to walk my dog. I like to get out as well. So those are things that work for me. I also like music. So yeah. that's another, that's another quick win for me. If I, if I'm in a place and I'm driving somewhere, or even if you take a break at your hospital or clinic, you know, um, just put on your favorite song for like three minutes, you just be there, whatever, wherever that is. I have a Remember, little dance party in the middle yourself, of the pharmacy. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? You know, it really but does it makes, work. 
It does. It mm-hmm. does. So those, those are some of the things that, that I personally do. Do you, do you have your own that you do? Oh yeah. I love to bike ride. <laughs> That's one of my things. Um, I love the apps. I do the headspace one, that one I like. Um, I'm not very good at meditating without instructions. So that's why I use the apps. Um, I liked, I learned to play pickleball this winter, so not good at that yet, but I'm going to try and I tap dance and I like music, you know, so anything, I don't know. I like a lot of things. I'm one of those people that's kind of like ADD when it comes to activities. So whenever anybody says anything, I'm like, oh, that sounds fun. I want to try that. <laughs> That's great. I love it. And the fact that the other important thing is once you acknowledge and you know what they are, carve out the time, carve yes. out that me time. So make an appointment for yourself. So for, just as you make appointments for your patients, mm-hmm. carve out that time for you. Nope. This is my time. This is Julie time, non-negotiable. I On need the this calendar. time for myself. Exactly. That's yeah. another thing. That's because otherwise you're, you'll, just keep plowing along and, and, you know, forgetting, Oh, I don't need to do that for myself. No, right. put it on the calendar and don't move it. It's a, pri- <laughs> it's the priority, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Priority so, you. so tell me where people can find you again, give us the website, give us how they might want to contact you and I'll put it in the show notes. So if anybody wants to reach out um, to you or the company and find out more, where can they go? That's great. Thanks, Julie. So it's suveto.com, S-U-V-E-T-O.com is our homepage. From there, you can click on, it's very, really user-friendly, great resource. Um, I have on the site proper well-being resources page. So you just scroll down. So you go to suveto.com, you scroll down to well-being resources page. Our information is out there. Um, Again, my name is Susan Carney, well-being manager. You can reach out to me as well. Susan.carney at suveto.com is, is my email. And I appreciate this opportunity. And thanks everybody for all you do. And thank you, Julie. This is this has been great. Yeah, I, I'm really it went by so fast, but it was really fun. <laughs> and, and I'm so excited that you're doing this for vets. Like we we really need people like you in our industry and, and that aren't necessarily vets, even. You know, I think that's that's part of it is just having that well-rounded support. So I really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, and thanks for being on the podcast. Absolutely, and thank you so much. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to sign off, and I really appreciate Susan Carney. So look her up and look up Suveto and uh, check it out. Have a beautiful week, everyone. Bye, Susan. Bye.